You're listening to Digital Flux with Dennis Wachter. This is a space where we bring together impactful thinkers in science, tech, startups, and marketing. Together, we unpack the complexities of today's digital world and help you better navigate through it. This is Digital Flux, where complexity meets clarity. Hello, everybody. Welcome to our first episode of Digital Flux. I'm Dennis Wachter, owner of Pace Digital Manufacturing, and I'm your host. Today, we like to give you a view on what Digital Flux is about, what it means, what's the thinking behind, and of course, also an outlook about what to expect in our next episodes to hopefully gain some kind of curiosity that you like to turn in again. Um, together in the team, we decided to change a little bit today's format. I, it's not about me monologuing all the time. Um, to bring a little bit more structure, but also more livelihood into the game, uh, I'd like to introduce you to Digital Flux producer, Lawrence. Yeah, hey, thank you very much. Yeah, my name is Lawrence Maximilian. I'm the audio producer and podcast producer for this show. And it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. And I'll be... I guess, leading everyone through the topic of the show and kind of the interview, we could say. Awesome. Looking forward to it. <laughs> All right. So let's start with the first big question. What does digital flux mean? Oh, yeah. I, I think the best to get close to what it means is to separate these two words first and to talk about digital and flux. Mm, okay. Starting with Digital digital is my my home turf. This is my comfort zone. Uh, this is just upfront. I, I worked uh, since 20 years in, in the realm of digital. And this is the reason why I developed a specific curiosity about what digital means. Uh, and I would describe digital as, yeah, it's an own country, so to say, where you speak an own language, where you create your own stuff, your own products, your own culture. So mm -hmm. that is quite clear. So more technically, uh, digital means also the absence of the analog, also to get even more practical when it comes to where agencies are located. Um, we are not talking about posters, radio, um, classical campaigning and all this stuff. We talk about what what can be formed digitally. And to even get more technical, um, digital means everything which can be described in a binary language, which is in our case, zeros and ones. Mm -hmm. So with these two symbols, we are able to create everything out of almost nothing. Also zeros and ones are not something you really have a clue about. It is shapeless, it is formless, it does have any color. and But these are the two core ingredients where you can shape a whole entire world or even a country, so to say. So I feel very well in the digital country, in this digital realm. Kind of the magic of the internet. Oh, could say. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, totally right. It's um, And it becomes so interesting for me and it's it's an entire beauty of itself because digital is not only this metaphorically described country it's also the realm which influences our behavior also the most so it has mm -hmm. also a, a high importance it shapes us so digital gives the biological something back so to yeah. say uh, and therefore it is also extremely important to take care about what digital means And that is that is one of the core things which drives me to 
talk a little bit more about the digital realm because of, after 20 years of experience, we still do not have a clear definition of everything which builds digital. There's no certain didactics or deductics and th there's so much unknown despite the fact that each day something new di digital appears, um, which can also let you panic what to chase next. And I think digital has also a meta level, which needs to be understood first before you dive into the rabbit hole of options, products, trends, innovation, and so on. So Yeah, so, so digital is kind of like a universal sphere. We all interact with it. We all spend our daily business somehow profiting of it or working with it. Uh, but on the other hand, you're saying we don't quite understand it yet. And you're taking like a philosophical viewpoint and, and questioning what exactly is going on here. Yeah, it's, it's absolutely correct. Um, I would say or describe it as digital needs a very stable framework in which all what we already know takes place in. So, mm. And therefore, you need to have this kind of st stable um, framework around or this grid where everything takes place. Uh, and that that is a hard thing for me. This is quite important to give this perspective. So that's one of Digital Flux's tasks and somehow to shape um, the audience's perspective that there is more than, again, just diving into the rabbit hole and chase the next. It's create more clarity and more calmness of seeing something from a higher perspective to hopefully um, do the better choices next time. So this is digital. Yeah, interesting. Okay. So I'm looking forward to the next one, Flux. What yeah. does Flux mean? It, it stays abstract with Flux. Flux yeah. is just <laughs> something which means something fluid, floating, but also in a very specific context. It's not endless. Um, all happens in a container. So, so Flux for me is a container which uh, defines the rules in which all ingredients which are within this container, which is this critical mass which equals Flux, um, how this little things are behaving on each other, which dynamic is created in this context. Mm -hmm. so, this is flux, basically. And you can also imagine it like the universe. You, We are all aware that there are planets, stars, and whatsoever. But in general, it's a mass out of which we all know all life uh, was created. So it's a quite abstract thing uh, to think about this if you take a look at something which is so cold and quite unshaped still. And um, the universe equals flux, out of which you take the right um, smallest building blocks to create the next senseful units. And this is flux. So flux, again, is just a container in which you find smallest ingredients which help you to form things. Yeah, some kind of reality, yeah. Yeah, so I mean, the th first thing I think about if you're when you're explaining flux is, of course, you could, you could show it visually with whatever, for instance, Lego blocks. <laughs> I don't know if that's a good comparison, but yeah. on the other hand, the smallest, oh, yeah. smallest, um, kind of the lowest common denominator of of objects, something that everything's made out of, is obviously atoms. Correct, exactly. So, and this is yeah, um, this is also how I like to think in general. I mean, and it's borrowed out of science. It's uh, it's from biology, from chemistry, probably also from physics. It's uh, some kind of atomic approach. Um, mm -hmm. It's uh, atoms build molecules, molecules build organisms. So it's a quite logical way how uh, life or things progress from 
simple to extremely complex. And so, of course, there are also stages in between. But again, it's atoms, molecules, organisms. So, and this is this is the intriguing translation out of uh, a flux, how we can apply it in, in somehow. And it's a natural rule. I mean, you find it everywhere. You are built like that. I'm built like that. All material stuff we can touch is built like that. And I believe that this quite obvious natural rule makes absolutely sense to to have it as a guiding principle also in the way how we work. Mm -hmm. So, and yeah, this is extremely important for me to make this point that I'm just facilitating already known knowledge and just bring it again into another context. So yeah, as you probably have recognized, for me, everything is about context. So moving in contexts, you need to understand a context to move in most effective and efficient ways in this specific context. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the question is, how do you build all this? Yes, I mean, now we're talking about the digital context in this case, if you're talking about digital flux. Um, maybe you could tell us a bit about how did you come up with the title? You know, where, where are these ideas from? If you're saying you're only facilitating them and reapplying them to different contexts. Where have come to this um, idea? Yeah, this is... Good question. So first of all, I would say digital flux was an idea born out of that I'm at home in the digital realm. Again, I'm I'm working in agencies since 20 years, predominantly in digital agencies. And how I progressed through this last 20 years, I I, I got to know more and more ingredients and I tested and I learned. And uh, probably I would say that I know what um, works for me at least and what doesn't. Uh, and one day, um, this is almost also 10 years ago, I came across uh, this methodology, which is also called atomic approach in design. So, mm -hmm. and uh, a whole new sphere opened up for me where I understood that design is not only creation in the sense of creativity, what we all know from. Um, creative agencies or advertising agencies. It's exactly the opposite. It's a systemic design approach. And I come to it, what it means in a second, mm -hmm. um, which changed for me, at least the landscape of possibilities. So, and that deeply influenced me uh, in the way how I think. So someone 10 years ago, or probably was 11 or 12 years ago, um, developed this uh, methodology for design, which again is called atomic approach. And he was also borrowing everything out of um, natural science, so to say. So again, it's just a, a pretty natural cascading through to make it applicable on where we are working in. And what, what um, the atomic approach means is what I also described at the beginning, it's looking for the smallest possible building blocks, which will be as, uh, responsible to create the next senseful units and so on and so on and so on. So it's mm -hmm. bricking up stuff to create exactly what you want to create with such a systematic view on the things that once you have created the final product, you're also able to demount or deconstruct it back to um, its uh, smallest ingredients. So, so to re reverse engineer it. Absolutely. This is uh, um, reverse engineering at its best. Mm -hmm. um, and that gives you other possibilities as well, because that makes this whole context of atomic approach extremely dynamic. 
because you can to any time iterate in all kinds of directions depending on what you want. So that is what I tried to cultivate the last 10 years in all this agency station stations I was and building up the teams with the right thinking, which is probably today named as experience design. It's a, it's a merger um, out of UX and UI people who who are developing, for example, complex websites or e-commerce shops uh, and many more other digital products. And um, this methodology makes it extremely fast and precise and also scalable to build beautiful digital artifacts with system and language and meaning and context. Okay, so you've just uh, elaborated a little bit on the idea of atomic thinking in design, but maybe for our listeners and for me as well, you could explain it a bit deeper, uh, especially visually. So design is something we can we can imagine in our heads. So what does atomic thinking look like? Oh, yeah. Um, again, atomic is from the smallest to the most complex and everything in between. Again, we talk about atoms are building molecules and molecules are responsible for the entire organism. So, And to do it a little bit more plastic, imagine website building it's probably the best example where it was also applied first, mm -hmm. as far as I know. Um, and on the atom level, we're talking about colors, some kind of shapes, but also typography. Um, so very small units, by, which by themselves do not express anything in a broader, meaningful sense. So the next stage uh, on molecule level would be that, uh, that you are... Um, already building something like buttons mm -hmm. or some website sections like combinations of image and text where typography as on an atom level already entered uh, the game. So this unit itself, it's again not enough to create the most meaningful product. So the next and last stage would be that out of these molecules, you're building the entire website. So stitching together um, everything on a molecular level, molecular level which are button sections and so over in, in, in its entirety, in its totality, is then the final product. And the, the good thing is that once you have created this final product, in our case, the website, you can also take a look, and this is quite often happening, and you just, after some time, do not like uh, something on this website, like a button or a headline or mm -hmm. a specific color. You can reverse engineer everything back to its roots because on the atom level, it's clearly defined because it has also, it's in the context of own rule sets um, and just change this thing, this one thing, for example, color, which has then a reverse impact on the whole organism where only this color is changed and everything else is untouched. So in general, you do not need in, to start from scratch again Everything stays extremely dynamic um, and you can iterate forth and back uh, depending on what you like. And that makes it the system or the context in which to work is the most fun. Mm -hmm. So atomic thinking in design is obviously quite simple to imagine because we've got this visual element to it. Um, you talked about applying things to different contexts before. So what would atomic thinking uh, look like in a different, completely different context? Maybe you've got an example in your head. A completely, but at least domain similar uh, context would be how you how, how you set up teams also in, in, in agencies okay. uh, where you try to yeah, find the best constellation to achieve 
the best possible product. And um, the atomic approach is, uh, in this case, nothing more than finding the right ingredients, the, the right team members to bring them together with its very own, very specific dynamic to go through a process which has a different kind of energy um, to let them build iterations till they reach the final stage of a product. And what that means is we are not talking any longer about the classical constellation of an art director and a conceptor who are responsible for almost the entire thing for a campaign or for brand image or whatsoever. What we, what we do when we apply the atomic approach on team constellation, you are picking more nerds, more, more specialists, uh, and put them into a context where they need and somehow to depend on each other to achieve the next stage. And these are people like UI designers, UX conceptors, uh, motion designers, uh, creative technologists, but also account managers or developers uh, with all their expressions in mm -hmm. different fields. And uh, the more you mix in regards to what you want to achieve, the the cooler the dynamic can be. And this is this is where I would say atomic approach is a quite plastic way of seeing how it would also look in another context. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's interesting. Yeah. So, what can listeners kind of expect from the next episodes in this podcast? Oh, yeah. What what to expect um, with our next episodes? It's, uh, quite a lot diverse um, topics mainly on a meta level to hopefully shape your perspective of looking on the, th the things which are happening right now from above to to yeah get more clarity about how how the whole operating system of all things are how how this is working and this this can be topics from oh i like to talk about quantum technology um this will be definitely one of the next episodes where we dive a little bit deeper into what does that mean in general, but more in specific for the the upcoming uh, technological things when, when it's also getting a lot more commercial. Mm -hmm. Qu quantum computers, for example, are right at our doorstep. Uh, within the next three to five years, we could expect that uh, that will be commercialized and you will do outstanding, uh, mind-blowing stuff, which you have never done before. And in this discussion uh, will be also something like, um, does blockchain make sense? What about NFTs? What is data security when quantum computers are entering the game and so on? This is an awesome topic, but um, yeah, you really need to understand before you apply, at least this is my opinion. But there's also something totally different, which is this evolution. Um, also an awesome topic um, you can imagine that humanity is not always developing to its uh, biological and physiological best. We adapt on mm -hmm. contexts. So if the contexts are getting probably not so cool any longer, the body adapts. So once we had this, um, this evolutional step with our nose, so probably 95% of all humans do not breathe properly, which has a lot to do with about how our inner mouth was developing, how our teeth are and somehow... Um, mm -hmm. sorted and because of change of food and uh, the modern lifestyle and so on and so on. So that is a disevolutional aspect that we are not breathing functionally any longer 
in comparison to how it has been 100 years, uh, 100,000 years ago. So this is an example. You can dive into a lot of speculations how we could develop within the next 10 to 20 years when we are using too much technology. We are talking about the, the swiping thumb uh, and many more things, uh, also how how your brain adapts on the consumption of digital content. So it's a whole topic itself, which is awesome. Also to understand in a more practical way, how do we as users behave, how we will behave in the future. So it's an, it's an awesome topic for a lot of insights. So and probably to mention the last one, I also like to talk about social cultural phenomenons like ghosting. It started at um, yeah, the dating realm, especially also with casual dating, but it established so much as a behavior that we can ask the question, why did we develop something which can be so unpolite to the one who is ghosted? So, mm -hmm. And uh, to, to bridge that also into a more practical world uh, where we are working in, it's also ghosting also happens in agencies not in also only in between employers and employees but also uh, in the relation between clients and agency also it's not normal any longer which is a pity by the way that you do not get uh, i'm sorry you didn't make it into the next round in in the pitch so and mm -hmm. this is in the context of behavior, respect, uh, value sets, empathy levels, and so on. So it's a huge context. And this is also what I like to dive deep in, just to give you an outlook how diverse the topics uh, of Digital Flux can be. And of course, many more. Yeah, I'm looking forward to editing the, the episodes in the future and working on, on these amazing topics. So maybe just to summarize again for, for the listeners. So Digital Flux is all about taking a step back, looking at the bird's eye view, uh, the meta view maybe on different digital topics, either how we shape digital life or how digital life kind of changes us or affects us. Yeah, It's about taking... Uh, looking at different scientific approaches, looking at different systemic approaches, like you, for instance, mentioned the atomic approach to to looking at design, but also different contexts, and kind of in in the in the sphere of uh, these different topics, instead of looking at what different options or decisions can one make, we want to take a step back and look at the bigger picture. Uh, that kind of helps more question what exactly for instance goals or or different paths are and th does that kind of hit the nail on the head yeah absolutely i would say that we all in our contexts whatever that means we became too much tactic but we need to have an, a more strategic approach a, a wider mm -hmm. view on the things and not just look what's next 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 and then we, i guess we get lost this is the reason why we have this phenomenon of disorientation nowadays especially the younger generations yeah so, so long term over short term exactly so tactics versus strategics um and strategy is the 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 way how you can apply frameworks to have the the longer view towards which you can work and make your choices and it's also, again, no emphasis enough on context, context, context. Everything depends on context. If we do not understand context, it doesn't matter which campaign we are doing. It doesn't matter with which human you are interacting. 
Yeah, because we are all humans, so we all are in our specific contexts, uh, but also on, on a higher level, everything is context-based. And if mm -hmm. you do not want to enter contexts uh, any longer, despite your own, that makes everything extremely difficult. And Digital Flux is just one of the chances to offer what it means if you open up again and to get this higher perspective on the totality of all things to yeah to de-stress yourself to to calm yourself and deeply understand yeah in which country you are operating in and then next would be on this action level or this option level what to choose so at the end it should help you to make clearer and more sufficient decisions to whatever you want. Wow. Okay. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thank you, Lawrence. Looking forward to it as well. That's it for today. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. If you don't want to miss the next one, head over to your favorite podcast platform to subscribe and even leave a review. It's very much appreciated. Cheers. <laughs>